Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Catherine Miller. I'm the founder of the Miller Law Group and director of the Center for Understanding and Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And my guest today is Dr. Mark Banchik. He's a child psychiatrist with training at Georgetown University and New York Presbyterian Hospitals. He's treated countless families and served as an expert witness in custody disputes. He's the author of The Intelligent Divorce Book and writes for Psychology Today with over 40,000 visitors a week. Dr. Banchik has been featured on the CBS Early Show and quoted by The New York Times, CNN, and USA Today. He also just launched a comprehensive online course, Intelligent Divorce Parenting, helping parents deal more effectively with divorce even when they are dealing with a difficult former spouse. Welcome, Dr. Manchik. It's a thrill to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. You know, this idea of an intelligent divorce, I think, is so progressive and innovative. And I'm wondering how you came up with that idea and what it really is. Yeah, it sounds like an oxymoron, like intelligent divorce, military intelligence. I know it's, uh, <laughs> it's almost funny, right? Like, how can this thing be intelligent? Let me, let, me, let me make a comment first. I'm a child psychiatrist and an adult psychiatrist. So my training is in working with families in trouble. And so I want to say to your audience, uh, many of whom are either going through divorce or contemplating divorce, that uh, before they do so, just understand that marriage is a difficult project. We first fall in love with love, and then we fall in love with the person. And so oftentimes people enter marriage optimistically, end up disappointed, and move towards divorce. And there's very good technologies out there for marriage and making marriages work. So I just want to say that for the record, that before you go down the road of divorce, which is a you know, a, a rearrangement of a family in a way that can be traumatic. Um, take a hard look at your marriage and see if it could be done better. Um, you know, John Gottman, uh, there are many good people out there that could be useful to you. Before you go on, Dr. Banchik, I want to completely um, also agree with what you're just saying. I think that when people come into my office and, and they're talking about divorce, I really ask them, you know, have they really, what have they done to try to work on the marriage before they just choose to end it? Because, you know, divorce is hard. It's, it's expensive. It's painful. It's incredibly disruptive for people and their children. And sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes it's the best thing. I think that people will always feel better about making that choice if they feel like they gave it their all. I think that's a very wise thing. And so it's very important for the audience to understand that while you know, while Catherine Miller and Mark Banchik, you know, we are experts in divorce, we're not promoting divorce. That's right. We're, we're helping people manage through divorce so that nuclear families in the end can become what Constance Aarons calls binuclear families, where people actually, kids can actually have a sense that there is family, even if it's reconstructed and deconstructed into something that looks different, but still has kindness and love and something that will work for children. So I got, I'm a child psychiatrist. I was an expert witness in court and I just felt that I saw that judges were overwhelmed. You know this, Catherine. You know, they're, they're poorly trained for this. You know, parents are in their weakest moments trying to parent and kids get injured. And I just felt that we have to reposition divorce not as a legal issue, but as a public health issue. Can I explain that to you? Sure. Well, you know, public health is you look at populations that are at risk, 
you know, so let's say a typical pop- population at risk is someone who gets into a car and goes driving, right? So what, what makes going driving, what puts you at risk going driving, Catherine? It's the other people on the road. <laughs> exactly. You can get into an accident, right? You can get into an accident, right? So we know that if you decide not to go driving, you're not going to get into an accident, right? So you decide not to get married, you're not going to get a divorce. But, you know, if you go driving, the, what happens is that we can reduce the risks of bad things happening to you by wearing seatbelts, by having speed limits, by giving you defensive driving courses. And so I have the same approach to divorce, which is like we know that a higher percentage of kids are going to come out of divorce impaired than the normal population of intact families. We also know that a a very nice number of kids will come out just fine and some even enabled and and stronger. So can we teach early on parents the basic rules of how to get divorced in a way that's not only going to protect the kid's health, but help them deal effectively with an ex, even if an ex is difficult? And that's how I got onto uh, the divorce, the intelligent divorce and my intelligent divorce online video work. So what is the intelligent divorce? An intelligent divorce is a divorce that takes in principles that there's been a huge shift going on. There's a before, a middle, and an after in all divorces, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I call it Divorce Island. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I think I'm Margaret Mead looking at like Samoa, like an anthropologist, because people kind of like go onto an island where life is different. Their friends act differently. Maybe their girlfriends don't invite them over anymore. You know, people don't talk to them like they used to. The person that they used to love now knows how to hurt them. They're worried if anybody will ever love them again. They're worried about money, what's going to happen to them. Lawyers come on board. Some are very good. Some are more predatorial. It, you know, it is not a good scene. And in this scene, you have to be the best parent you've ever been. And so the intelligent divorce is teaching people the essentials of how to raise children in the midst of being on this island, because one day you're going to come off the island and you want to make sure your kids are not damaged. And so I teach basic principles, which I think I've figured out over time, that if people learn up front, can prevent the kids getting damaged and also can help them deal effectively with their ex. I'll give you a nice example of the principle. You protect the child's innocence. Okay. We bring children into this world, Catherine, you know, and they're precious beings and we have to provide them with innocence. You know, the world's not going to give them innocence. We have to give that to them. And we hope, hopefully will keep their innocence until they're over 18 years old. And so we do this by not engaging them in the divorce process and we don't injure them in ways that are going to hurt them. Here's an example of what I teach in my course. And in my course, I've hired actors and animators. And you go online, you learn, you see people who make the mistakes before you make them so that you don't have to do it yourself and your kids don't get injured. Here's an example. I'll pick on a woman for now. I could pick on the guys, too. It's like equal opportunity employer here. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. But you see, the thing is, you make a mistake and you go on, but there's the kid. Here's Here's the case. Okay. A woman's in the kitchen, right? She's on the phone with a girlfriend, and she's really annoyed with her ex. He's late on child payments. Okay, it's not a good thing. And she's really upset. So Max, her six-year-old, walks into the kitchen to get a glass of milk, right? And she's on the phone. Max walks in, and she says, and you know Max's father doesn't even love him. Okay, okay. 
Does she remember this the next day? Probably not. Catherine, does Max remember this the next day? Absolutely. Okay. How long does Max remember this, Catherine? The rest of his life. Okay. So that's the point. I give the principles of protecting the innocence, intergenerational boundary, what is displacement, how people act out. I show them these examples before they do them so they actually have a chance of the next, we do the same scene, and she's on the phone with her girlfriend, and Max walks in, right? And she feels in that moment that she wants Max to know that her father's being a jerk, but she realizes that she's learned that if she does that, she's actually burdening Max because he's being forced to choose between his mother and his father, which is absolutely wrong. And we'll get to the the Bill of Rights in a second. You never want to force kids to choose. And in that moment, Max walks in and she changes the topic and she says, hey, you know, the weather's really nice today. Yeah. And you know what she did? You know what she did, Catherine, that's really a piece of holiness? I mean, it's true holiness. In a moment, she went from injuring to a child to preventing a mistake that never gets made. It's the best mistake you can make is the one you don't make, right? Yeah. So that's what I teach. That's the intelligent divorce. You know, I think that's really, really wonderful stuff. And I also think that it's really hard for people. You know, and, and when, when my clients, um, you know, sometimes come in and especially if they feel, you know, that there has been a betrayal, uh, sometimes and sometimes frequently, they'll feel that the child has a right to know how their father or their mother behaved. And I mean, I personally disagree with that. And I work very hard to dissuade my clients from, you know, telling their children whatever it is that they think that the child needs to know. But sometimes they do feel it very strongly. And what do you think about that? Well, it's a good question. And Catherine, this is more of what I teach. I really teach what's going on. Divorce is a grieving process. It's, it's like the death of a person, a son, a daughter, a mother, or a father. Okay, or a spouse. Death and grief have different stages, including, you know, denial and, and anger and depression and a wish to make it right. Um, and the anger stage is really powerful in divorce. And people get so little support in the culture. You know, their friends are not really there for them. It's hard for them. And on top of that, and getting back to your point, in most divorces, there's a lever and a levy. I don't know if you've heard this before, but that's sure. usually the way it is. So the lever is the person who's like, like it's the marriage has not really worked that well. And, you know, she's like, she's ready to go. So when she leaves, it's like relief more than it is grief. And the person who is the leave E, the one being left, carries a, a bag of, of worries and hurt. And, and they're the ones that really are likely to do something that's destructive to the kids. And the point really is that we as parents have to set a boundary between the adult generation and the child generation. It's called the intergenerational boundary. It's a, it's a holy boundary. It keeps the innocence of the children. And if you're trying to share with the children that your father, or their father is a jerk or difficult or not doing this or did this wrong, you're essentially bringing your child up into the adult generation and forcing them to be a parentified child. You're forcing them to grow up too quickly, and they're going to pay a price for that when they get older. And ironically, when they hit their 20s, there's a good chance they're going to turn on you and say, how dare you have turned me against my father because you were angry with him. It wasn't okay. And so this, this is a 
very important moment for these parents to keep their mouths shut, to talk to an adult like a therapist or a friend or a parent, but not talk to their kid and certainly not poison their kid against the other parent. This is Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Catherine Miller. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30, or perhaps you're listening on our podcast, DivorceDialogues.com. And we're talking today with Dr. Mark Banchik about the intelligent divorce and protecting children in general uh, from their parents' uh, conflict as part of the divorce process. And and Dr. Banchik is sharing with us his theories and his reasons why it's so important to protect children and to go out of your way as a parent of a, of a child going through divorce to, to put your own feelings aside and really protect the innocence of your children in the divorce process. That's correct. And, and I want Dr. Banchik uh, for us to talk about the Child's Bill of Rights. What is it and, and, how, and, and how does it work? Okay, so years ago, I was looking through court cases, and I discovered a judge who wrote down a Child's Bill of Rights, and I rewrote it in the first person. And I'll read all 10 of them, and then I'll we'll go over a few that might interest you, okay? Sure. Uh, but it's all in the first person. And I have this online. I have actors, um, child actors, looking straight at the camera, talking to the parents, and saying these things. So I, anyone listening to this radio show, imagine a child saying this to you directly about how to deal with your children. Sure. One, don't ask me to choose sides. Two, spare me the details of your legal proceedings. Three, don't confide in me or lean on me. It's too much. Four, give me privacy on the phone with my other parent. Five, don't cross-examine me afterwards. Six, I am not your messenger. Seven, don't ever ask me to lie to either parent. Eight, listen to me when I have something to say. Nine, no guilt trips, no matter what. And ten, don't spoil me, even if you feel guilty. Those are terrific. You know, I think that sometimes as parents, we come from an innocent place. You know, even, even, we're not coming from a rageful place or no. like, and, and still we can put our kids in the middle or ask them to be a messenger. And my own personal experience with this is, um, I would say, you know, just t tell your father that the, that the uh, parent-teacher conference is at 2 o'clock tomorrow, right? right? Or give him this piece of information. Or I'd get, you know, a check, you know, in the backpack. And, you know, these, the, the, you know, my children complained about this. They're like, I don't, you know, tell them yourself, you know, <laughs> about that. Well, you just grow up, mom and dad, leave me alone. Exactly. And I was just like, I mean, it was such a, I'm like, it's just a piece of paper. Just like, just give no. him a piece of paper. It's about the parent-teacher conference. He just needs to sign it or whatever. And they really objected to that and I thought, wow, you know, I think I'm coming from a good place. You were, of course. you know, and and still they felt that pressure of being in the middle. They didn't want to be involved. They wanted you and your ex-husband to take care of business so they can stay kids. Exactly, and, and they had good. And you know, your kids were smart. They had a good survival instincts. They weren't parentified and tried to please you. They let you know it wasn't okay. 
Exactly. And it was such a wake up call for me. (laughs) It was such a wake up call for me to be like super, super careful about this and and to not ever slip up. Because, you know, when you're your discussion about Max and the phone call, you you have to, to be walking the boundary of that good parenting 24-7. 24-7. Yeah, so that, but that's really it, you see. I mean, what happens in divorce is that people regress. They, they go from a higher level of functioning to a lower level of functioning for about two to three years. So when people say, you know, my husband is not the, 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 the husband I'm divorcing is not the man I married, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> He's not. He's regressed. He's going to be more bitter. You know, people go from being selfish to narcissistic. They go from being angry to rageful. They go from being dependent to depressed. They go from being whiny to manipulative. You know, they go from being really sneaky to sociopathic. And then that's what you're dealing with. And they regress and they're not able to truly help their kids in that moment. Yeah. And that is really difficult. You know, and I also think, uh, Dr. Mark Banchik, that we oftentimes when my clients come in and one of the questions that I ask them in the intake is when things were working well, how did you resolve conflict? And more times than not, people say, you know, we didn't really have conflict, which is really kind of interesting because it's totally counterintuitive. You're thinking, of course you had conflict. Why the heck are you in my office? I'm a divorce lawyer, right? You know, there must have been conflict. We think that there's conflict when people are getting divorced. But what I think, what I've, I've, come to think over the years is that what it is, is that people don't really figure out a way to resolve conflict. Beautiful. Right. And, and so they are really not showing their children as parents how to resolve conflict successfully. Yeah. Ironically, a divorce that's done well actually educates kids that they're not trapped in bad marriages when they're older and that they can actually enable themselves to move forward if things are difficult for them. I mean, if we deal with things, not every marriage has to work. And if we divorce in an intelligent way and transition from being a, um, a nuclear family to a more binuclear family where there is a sense of respect and parenting going on, um, you're, you're actually educating the kids. There is a posse here for the kids that they, they're feeling enabled to do what's right for them in the future. Uh, and parents that are unable to deal with conflict, whether they stay married or they're getting divorced, are educating by proxy to the kids that there's there's no when you're stuck you're stuck and that's not okay. Well, that's exactly where I was going with this with this thought is that you know one possibility is to show kids that change is possible and it's not nuclear, you know. Right. And and another is to really demonstrate how to resolve conflict in a respectful way and and. And stay with your own core values, what's really important. What I like I about that. me does not have to go away because I feel afraid, I feel anxious, I feel scared. Uh, those are possibilities. And I think that it's it's rare in our culture uh, to really value that. And we can have difference and we can still find a way to be in a project together. And yeah. that's okay, too. I love what you said about core because I see in therapy more and more, and I don't want to get too involved with this, but it's important. People are less and less in touch with their core values, and I do a lot of work with this now. So the more you come out of strong center and know where you stand, the easier it is to deal with somebody that you're in conflict with. And in the intelligent divorce, I do teach a lot about power struggles and how to convert dysfunctional power struggles into more constructive power struggles. But that also includes knowing where you stand and knowing where not to go. An example being you're with your ex-husband 
and, you know, you're discussing what you're doing for the school situation. And then he gets triggered and he starts talking about how you left him and it's not fair and it's not right. And if you're core, you just simply say, we're not going to continue this conversation because if we're not going to talk about what the problem at hand, we're not going to talk at all. Thank you very much. Setting a limit is part of the power of knowing who you are. Exactly. You know, Dr. Banchek, before we get too close to the end of the show, I really want to make sure our listeners have a chance to find out where they can find out more about the intelligent divorce and more about you. Can you give us some information about that? Oh, terrific. Thank you. So um, you can go onto my website, theintelligentdivorce.com, theintelligentdivorce.com. I offer a free online course, a mini course, and a free uh, booklet that's about 60 pages long. And I think you'll find it valuable, intelligentdivorce.com, or you can also go on freebookondivorce.com, freebookondivorce.com. That'll do the job. That's great. And I want to remind people that this episode of Dialogue on Divorce will also be available after the air date at divorcedialogues.com if people are interested in, in listening to it again. And so we're talking about the intelligent divorce and conflict and the core values. And I think that one thing that's very hard for people at the beginning of the divorce process is to focus on what's most important to me, each person individually, instead of being in a reaction, you know, you're not going to get away with that or, you know, you, 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 you. And I think really people need to be focused more on me, 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 like what is really important to me and really right. do what they can to, to shore up those core values because Correct. I think that that's the, how they're going to get a good result, focusing on themselves and what's important to them, not what the other person did to them. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, you know, uh, Melanie Klein has a very nice look at this. She, she talks the difference between um, jealousy and envy. She says jealousy is when the other guy has something that you want and, you know, it annoys you so much that you build it for yourself. So. You know, your ex-husband leaves you for another woman and instead of like destroying everything, you know, you make yourself great, create a great life and go and go live a good life, maybe meet somebody new but be happy. And then there's envy. The other guy has something that, you know, you really want and you can't stand it. So you go and you destroy the thing that they have. There's no value. You go and you, you turn your father of your children into the IRS or you poison the children against the father just so that you can get back to them. You know, that's really what it's about. It's about what your core value is, which is that your kids should come out of divorce doing well. We know that a good 60 or 70% of kids can come out of divorce well. We know that if you do it properly and intelligently, the chances are even higher. There's no reason why not to do it. And that's why I do the intelligent divorce. And Dr. Mark Banchek, if one of our listeners is considering divorce or just beginning the divorce process, do you have one piece of advice that you think would be really valuable for that person to consider? I, I, I seriously think that most people going through divorce should get a good psychotherapist, somebody that they can bounce ideas off of, um, deal with their grief, um, talk objectively about their children, and kind of figure out how to deal constructively with their ex. Having that objective voice, uh, not your girlfriend who says, you know, get everything you can out of your ex-husband or your guy friend who, you know, don't don't you dare let her take all that money from you. This is not the best advice. The best advice is go to a professional who really can get you centered, help you grieve properly, see the future as it really can be, and protect your children so that in the future, uh, you'll all look back at this as a positive experience that you've endured and the family is happy and moving forward. And how long do you think that that kind of treatment would last? 
I would say a good treatment is a six-month treatment where they really get into treatment with somebody who gets to understand them well. And I would start once a week. And then as you feel there's confidence that you've learned what you have to do, I'd go to every other week. But I really would recommend spending the money, time, and energy uh, into a good therapy. It also help you discern who's a good attorney. I mean, you meet an attorney and you have to make sure you find the one that's right for you that comes from core, that when that attorney speaks to you, they speak to your values and you're not just wowed by them. You want to be enabled by them. And I think that comes from finding your center at a moment when center is often lost during divorce. And, you know, Dr. Banchik, let me ask you one other question. And sure. we don't have a lot of time left. My but pleasure. one thing that, that people ask all the time is when should we tell the children? Do you have an idea about that? You know, should they tell the children early on when people start sleeping on the couch? Well, I think the biggest mistake people make is that they tell their friends, oh, keep, keep your confidence very, this is the most important way. When you decide to get divorced, keep your confidence very close because you don't want your kids hearing it from somebody else. That's the most, I've seen that, it's the most dangerous thing. I, I have many couples that come to me who are in the midst of getting divorced and come to me just for counseling about how to tell the kids, how to construct it in a way that's good for them. And I go over this in length in my course and in my books. And is there one piece of advice that you would tell people not to do about telling the children? You already said, don't let your, make sure that you, they don't hear it at school, or they don't hear it from people gossiping. They need to know it's not their fault that they're not involved with this and that mom and dad are here together as parents who love you. And even if we're not going to stay married with each other, we will have respect for each other as parents towards you. And you can count on us into the future. And any questions you have for us, you can ask, if you don't have them right now, you can ask later on. The door is always open. One last thing. When you tell your kids about divorce, you're not obligated to tell them everything. There's some things that they need to know when they're 20, 30, or 40, and not when they're seven. And that's discretion about being, parent, being a parent. Dr. Mark Banchik, thank you for being our guest. I think you've given our, our listeners some really terrific advice today, and we really appreciate your time uh, and, your, and your expertise. Thanks again. You're terrific. Thank you so much.